This is Business Women Australia podcast, featuring industry leaders who bring their wealth of expertise from diverse areas to help you build a successful business. Now, on to the show. And welcome to another episode of Business Women Australia podcast. Now, my guest today says, change happens best and lasts longest when it's a choice and not forced. Joining me to speak more about this today is Tracy Cooper. Tracy, well, she has a passion for change. She's a change management specialist who combines theory and a proven practical approach to support leaders and teams to enhance their performance and lead change within their business. Now, whilst her early career was in agricultural science, she transitioned to delivering leadership programs in rural and and regional communities of Queensland in the 1990s. Now, from this experience in 2001, along with her business partner, Maria Nolan, Tracy launched Sea Change Consulting, and they have just celebrated their 22nd birthday of Sea Change, a wonderful journey helping leaders and their teams to embrace change, challenges, and make change happen. Now, specifically on today's show, Tracy's going to share five mistakes to avoid when leading change. She's also going to dive a little bit deeper into how to help people choose to change and to get involved to make it happen in your organization, how you can do that as a leader, as well as how to reduce the stress and overwhelm in changing times. So welcome to the show, Tracy. Hello, Anne-Marie. It's lovely to be here having a chat to you. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you have celebrated your 22nd birthday of Sea Change. Congratulations. Thank you very much. It's it's lovely to be 22 again, I can tell you. (laughs) The years go quickly, don't they? The years go quickly. And of course, the topic that uh, you're passionate about and that you're going to speak deeper or more about today is this topic of change. Now, I bet you think the last 22 years has prepared you to really support businesses and individuals go through what I know I myself have, have seen and experienced change like we've never experienced before with the lockdowns and all of that going on as well. So I'm sure your expertise in helping businesses to navigate through that uh, has been welcome. When you think of change, looking back over the years, um, I know it's difficult sometimes to narrow it down to one or two key lessons before we dive into the other good uh, topics you want to talk about. But are there one or two things in reflection that uh, you really can see have contributed to successful, to successfully navigating change? And what would that be? Well, it is hard to narrow it down, Emery, but I think, I think my biggest learning over this journey has been we, we shouldn't just dive into change. We actually, some change happens to us. It's forced upon us, it's unchosen. Other change we can choose. Um, either way, we need to take our time to try and digest what it is that we're trying to, to do here. And particularly if it's unchosen, like we've all experienced in the last few years, that's that's a classic now, unchosen change. What does this mean? And it, I think for me, it's about taking your time to digest it. And when, particularly if you're working with other people in a team, in a team environment, make sure we're all on the same page before we move into action. I think that's what I've realised. 
Yeah, such great insights, and I'm sure we're going to unpack that a little bit uh, further in the the areas that you want to share. And I'd imagine also, too, there are some people that do embrace change. They like change. But as you said, you've got to also ensure that the rest of the team are on board and and you're going to share if we can make them uh, or get them to a point where they want to participate and be involved, then uh, everybody, as you said, is is working towards the same uh, the same path. But there are five mistakes you say that uh, when we're thinking about leading change that you often see what are those mistakes so that we can avoid them in future well I've probably just touched on the first one which is diving into action too quick so that's about um, I think we we want to when we hear something or we plan something particularly as leaders uh, we've been thinking about it for some time and we want to dive into it we want to get into it and you know, we, we need to get moving and the world of busyness takes over. Uh, but I think it's a mistake to dive in too quick because I see it all the time, Anne-Marie, that even executive teams uh, aren't on the same page before they announce and start acting on the change. So that would be number one. Do you want me to go on to number two? Let me just, let's just dive into that a little bit further then. And I would imagine that you're going to share what are some of the steps that we can take uh, to ensure that we do have team team on board. I'd also imagine too that depending on organisation, the organisation, the culture, the individual team members involved, if we look okay, all right, Tracy, that's a fair fair insight to share, not to dive into it too too quickly. What is a good time frame? I would imagine that that is going to be different for every situation, every change project, if you will. But what yes. are some things to look out for to say, if you have these things in place, mm-hmm. then it's going to ensure that everybody that needs to have that information that helps them, you know what, this is really important, let's get moving on it what are some things to have in place that will well the first thing yeah Amory, i would say is i touched on it just there before is to make sure particularly the group of leaders that you're helping you to change help make this change happen that you are on the same page i was working with a, a client group only a couple of weeks ago and i asked the question what is this change and there was eight people in the room and how many answers do you think I got when I got them to write it down and think about it? I got eight. So some of them were similar and some of them were a bit different, but some of them were coming at it from a lens that was really, really different. And I could see the value in it. And I think that's the important part about where I say, if you dive into action too quick, we're not all on the same page or we're not seeing what the change actually is and defining it and shaping it. So I think there isn't a time frame because there isn't, as you said, there's no cookie cutter approach with change, depending on the size of the change and so forth. But it, you must have initially everybody, particularly the senior group, and then you go down to your middle leaders, do they understand what the change is? So it's really getting clear early about what it is, why we're doing it, why now, and what if we don't? There's some questions you can ask yourself to get clear in the early stages. Yeah, love those questions. And as you say, when you ask great questions, it's going to give you the information that you need on which way to move forward, what conversations to have, what to have in place so that, uh, yeah, yeah. You're, everybody's clear as to what's happening. All right, so that's mistake number one and some yes. great insight on what we need to do. What what would be the second one? Well, the second one I think is, well, I've I've experienced it working with our clients and I've seen variations of this over the years and things are changing in change management, but 
is forcing people that because you're the leader, you think because you say so, that they will do it. And that's a big mistake because we can't force anyone to do anything. I mean, remember the last time someone forced you to do something. I mean, we've all been through some force in the last few years. We react, yes. we react. So it's about swapping that around to actually helping them choose it. And that's where it does take a little bit more time to be able to help people understand it based on those four questions I gave you before. But forcing it and telling people what to do, it's about talking, not telling, and, and really listening to your team to spot and hear where they're struggling. So you can either, oh, that's a great idea, I could actually take that on board, or we could actually help reduce their fear or concern. Yeah. yeah, I love that. And a great insight on how we can approach that to ensure that we're not really uh, forcing uh, change. Take a little bit of time and uh, ask those great questions you, you uh, shared. Yeah, just on that too, Amory, I had another thought there that because we've been thinking about it as leaders for some time, potentially, we, if it's a change that we're trying to introduce to the organisation and we've maybe had a month or so to think about it, um, we actually think this is fantastic, this is great, it's chosen for me, it's very likely it's unchosen for some of the team and other people. So it's that that um, because you're excited, you mightn't mean you're going to force it on it, but you think this is great, this is great, this is so good, this is going to be wonderful for all of us. It can look like force. Mm. So it's about being mindful of your excitement and enthusiasm as well when it comes to the time. <laughs> Love that. So that's yeah. the second mistake we need to look out for. What would be a third mistake? Well, it leads on very nicely after the fourth one, which is to not force is to build trust. I've seen I've seen teams, and I've seen it twice in the last six months, they actually resist whatever the change is purely because they do not trust the leader or the leadership group. They think, what are they up to? I don't know what they're up to. They're not being open with us. They're not sharing information. Um, and so, so it's a little bit different to forcing, but it's it's about how you take the time to actually help the people trust you in what it is that you're doing. I and mean, when we talk about change happens at the speed of trust. So when people trust you, it is so much easier to start to, because they'll be listening, they'll be starting to hear. But when they're resisting and when they're not, if they're doubting you and your intentions, uh, the trust isn't there. So they may not listen, they may not hear what you have to say, they won't look at the benefits. So it's taking the time. If you don't know, if you have, you should have a level of trust anyway, if you're a leader in an organisation, but but with a change, the trust actually starts to drop a little bit because it's like, what's this mean? And, and most people go to, am I going to lose my job? Where am I going to work? How am I going to do this? So they they actually, the trust will drop, I believe, because I've seen it, just purely on that, new things coming yeah what's really interesting there tracy i mean when we talk about trust i mean we could do a whole show on that and then some oh, yeah. and i think that as you said the leader should have a bank if you will of, of trust and how the leader has handled certain things if they've committed to the words and the promises that they've made and that they've ensured that's been, been kept. So I would imagine then that how you navigate through that as a leader and what you say to your team, you need to defend that to, you know, to the oh. nth degree, don't you? And oh, if you yeah. haven't built, built the trust, I would imagine that it's very important to begin doing that before you even make any promises to what's going to happen, you know, with the changes, the impending changes, because otherwise you just don't have that level of trust. 
do you? Yes, yes, you don't, Anne-Marie, and do not make promises that you can't keep. That's another one. I've seen leaders stand up and say, okay, we're merging with an organisation, um, organisation A, we're going to organisation B, don't worry, B, not, not much is going to change. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. You know, like it, a lot will change because they they may get a new, they will get a new brand, a new uniform, all those different, it, and, and it actually it sort of exploded because he was trying to calm things down, but he actually made it a little bit worse. And I think some of the things, ways to build trust is to is to stop talking and start listening and, yes. and throwing some questions to people and giving them time to give information and tell you how they feel but you know what they we don't have all the ideas as leaders they may have some ways to move forward on this and i'm a big fan of we are here at sea change of co-creating the way forward doesn't mean we can't you know uh the change is happening but how we do it we want input from people and that's where i see leaders make mistakes they they dive in and they just want it to go their way and that's where the trust drops so a good way to build trust is to listen talk to people, follow through on what you say you, you're going to do and also be active and visible. That's another yes. thing. I've heard people, I had one say to me last week, a couple of team members, I don't see the leader much at all. Where are they? You know, they're in their office, they're doing things like that. They want us to do all the changing, but where are they? So there's things you can do that will help build the trust. Yeah, yeah so important. And that's, as you said, we should be doing that as leaders anyway. Yeah. yeah. Terrific. All right, what is the next mistake we need to be mindful of? Well, I've just sort of gone into it there as well, but it's not leading the way. It's it's actually announcing this is where we're going and then leaving it, in a sense, to a project team, depending on what the change is. It could be a new system. It might be a restructure, leaving it to a HR, whatever it is. But announce, yep, great, and they're not very active and they're not very visible and they're not involving and walking the floor and listening to people or walking online and talking to people and hearing them and hearing their concerns and and an absent leader you can't have presence if you're not present so it's about making sure that you're present and you can hear what people are saying so i i have had uh, a recent example too where a senior leader threw it to the middle leader level make it happen and it's like that they were still struggling with what it was. So yeah, yeah it's really important to to be there and, and sail the ship. Not and you don't have to do all the sailing, but you're there. You're there as mm. a leader. And I think, Tracy, too, if you're talking about um, having middle le leadership and management, then that has to drive a lot of this change from the senior leadership team. That was really an oversight, wasn't it? Because if you don't have your middle management team and leadership team on board, it's going to be very hard for them to to filter that down to the others because, again, that little bit of mistrust and, and not really being completely clear on, on what's going on and so forth has to show through to the other team members who are direct reports, I'd imagine, in teams underneath that middle management, yes? Oh, it does, definitely. And you asked me earlier, Anne-Marie, where would you start? One of the first places you start is to get a strategy around this change and the communication with the senior team, are you all on the same page? And then before you announce it to anybody else, go to the next level and yeah. work with them and help the middle leaders understand what it is and take your time because they, I call them your foot soldiers. They're the ones who are going to really go out every day and make this happen. If they are resisting it or they don't believe in it, you've got trouble. Yes. So pro-size research talks about it's in the 40s, 48%. 
uh, it's dropped a little bit, but if our middle leaders will resist to change because, and I don't blame them, because they haven't been informed, they don't understand, and they've got to do the grunt work. So um, if you've got that percentage of people resisting it at your middle level, you, it's the it's the real challenge to get the next level down, their teams to come on board. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's where I, was I can't remember. Is that is that a mistake four or five? Have we covered all that's five? Four. That's four. Okay, yeah. Let's cover number five. Well, and a lot of my LinkedIn followers would hear me say this all the time, which is the power of the pause. Regularly pausing and slowing things down uh, to be able to just go, okay, what are we learning? Because change projects can take 18 months, depending on the size of the change, to get it in, to get the, the thing happening and really the new way form. So I would strongly recommend that you don't keep ploughing on, which I do see people do because they've got project management timelines. I respect them, but it's about, hang on a minute, we haven't got people uh, resisting or they're not, not with us here. So regularly pausing. So I would say to people, stop every month and just go, hang on a minute, where are we going? What's working? What's not working so well? What are we learning in this project? And do we need to adapt anything or keep going the way we are but that key diagnosis about where we're at because outside us the goalposts can shift as well around there so uh, is what we're doing still relevant over time so it's really important to pause um, I talk a lot about I've played a lot of sport myself but it's about we don't just have half time because we're puffed we have half time to actually stop reflect yes catch up physically but also it's too hard on the run to adapt and change things and to collectively, I think, to be able to say, well, what have we just learned there? And, yes. and then turn that learning into an adapted, adapted way or keep going because it's working. That's working. Yeah. So it's really important to, uh, yeah, whatever sport you play, quarter time, half time, but it's about having that break mentally and physically to collect ourselves and then get back on the page again and move forward. Yeah. When you talk about um, these, uh, we'll call it a strategy and a bit of a structure really and, you know, the pause and uh, yeah. reflection and how are we going and monitoring and so forth, I think that's a great opportunity be, to be able to continue to take the pulse and then make some decisions. Do we continue to move forward mm. or do we need to change things a little bit um, to ensure that, you know, because things will have will become apparent that you then need to address and there may be some changes within that change so would you say that right at the beginning and and uh, you know, you talked about having buy-in from if there's middle leadership there, that you mm. set up a structure so that you, you know, when you segue into a, a question or an interview, you set up the scene, so to speak. So setting up this scene that to say, look, there will be times where we'll take a step back, see how things working, if we need to adjust. When a leadership team says that and sets the structure and how it's mm. going to look, if there is change within that change, people can expect that this may happen if it's for the betterment of, of the project, of the people and so forth. Because if you don't set it up well, yeah. um, if you if they suddenly see that there's a change within the overall change project, that can then cause, um, yeah, a bit of disruption within the yeah. team. See, it didn't work. See, yeah. it, can you share yeah. some insights around what you've seen? Yeah. That it, it provides fodder, doesn't it, Emery, for for probably fueling some of that mistrust again. Definitely, I think it's really important to. I mean, I would, regardless whether you're going through change, but to be honest, most organisations are going through change all the time. It's just yeah. they don't may not see it as change. It could be new projects. I see that 
as a change. New ways of doing things are a change. So creating a culture around regularly pausing and this slowing down this busyness is, um, it's, I think till I die, I'll be talking about this. It's, it's when we're busy, yes, it's important to keep moving, but setting the scene early and starting to create that culture that we do pause and slow down will help with trust levels, will help with engagement. And it shows that I think too, that as leaders, we don't know it all at the start. We don't have all the answers. And one of the best leaders I've ever had in my career used to say that quite regularly. I'm not sure. I'll tell you what I do know. And I'm going to tell you what I'm not sure about. And we will work it out together. Yes. I trusted her implicitly. Mm. Trusted her implicitly because she she was honest and said, you know, some people talk about, oh, leaders should know it all. No, they shouldn't. Like, the, how can they? Because things move and change. And it's even those middle leaders who depending on the project again, but the technical side of it, if it is a system change, for example, that they know more than probably what the senior leader does on a day-to-day basis. So, yeah. And I think one of the things, uh, sorry, one of the things, Tracy, that I would imagine can cause some distrust is if you have a leader who is trying to make out as if they know everything, we can see right through that. And, you know, we respect leaders who are open and honest. And I'd imagine that communication, ongoing communication is so important, isn't it, as leaders? Yeah. Uh, Share a little bit about uh, some of the things that you've seen work really well that organisations do to keep that line of communication open. Yeah, well, I guess one of the ones is what what we help teams do. And we love it when we hear that they're still doing it. Post sea changes there. That's our philosophy. We're not there to fix everything. We're there to empower and then we walk away. Is having that, we use an action learning focus. So what's our action been for the last fortnight? then, okay, what are we, what's our reflections? Wells and not wells, what are we learning? So it's that type of stuff where we, we regularly have and then what will we keep doing, what will we stop doing, what will we start doing? So that sort of openness um, is one of the things that I've seen organisations do. And I, I ran into someone recently and I haven't worked with them for 10 years and I said, we are still doing that action learning stuff and it's helping and I went oh there we go that that makes my day because it is connected to that pause stuff but it's also about making sure that we we hear from other people I think the other thing is too Anne-Marie is making sure that as as leaders that we we have key influences in the organization people who've got ideas and knowledge and I talk about walking the floor or walking online but it's it's about doing listening more it's not about talking and it's not about, sorry, it's not about telling, it's about talking and conversing and being curious as a leader as to what it is that uh, they think. And yes. I think that's some of the best leaders I've seen, um, they they just say, I don't have all the answers and I want to hear from you what it is that mm-hmm. you think. So. Yeah, and just making that part of, as you said, the culture that love those questions. I think that that's amazing, even not just in an organisation, but in your personal life, because you're always learning and growing and evolving. Aren't yeah, aren't you? Um, yeah. I was going to say that about your personal life too. This stuff I'm talking about, we are talking about in organisations, but a lot of this stuff is relevant if we're ch- making change at home as well yes. and with families and friends and I was over Easter I was chatting to a friend and she's choosing some change um, she's very excited about that for herself but her family are resisting and it's like how she said what do I do and I say we'll just slow down a little bit give them some time <laughs> <laughs> I know you think it's going to be great but yeah. it's about how you can it's similar and it's similar about how you introduce change into your family 
or yeah, to your friendship so group good. or, or yeah. your community group, it's it's slow it down. And, and it's that chosen and unchosen because you're chosen, you're excited, you've had time to think about it. For them, all they can see potentially is threats and what this is going to be different and I don't want, know what this means for me and, and so forth. So they're living in a little bit in the fear zone. So yeah, and, and respecting that, respecting that and expecting and expecting it, expecting yes. that that's where they're going to be. In, and also the blame phase, you know, it's like, oh, because you said this, it's going to be, you know, that blaming stuff can start to happen. And don't expect that it's not going to happen. It's going to happen. So. Yeah, oh, that, that's right. I think when we go through that curious mindset and we have some really great questions and for those who may have just uh, come into the call, go back and listen. I mean, Tracy's just listed those questions. I think should write them down, print them out and have them uh, nearby. It allows for that open communication because quite often beneath that concern or beneath that, um, um, what was I going to say, you know, no, I'm not going to do that, is a concern. And when we're able to unpack what that concern is and then share, you know, the, yeah. that actually this doesn't have to be a concern then when we get that we can then get the people on side whether it's your family or through that that mm. organization that makes a huge difference does difference doesn't yeah. it it, uh, does. it does yeah and yeah. and it's and again i guess i'm harping back to my first mistake which is slow it down yeah absolutely it Love down. I, it's hard to it's hard to run at a fair pace all the time and to be able to adapt and be agile to be able to to chop and change or adapt when you're running at pace but i can be running at pace but is everyone running at the same pace with me and yes. do they do they understand we've, we're now going this way and people are like, what's going on you know so, yes. so that's why those pausing moments and slowing down and and just trying to think about it i'm actually behind me here i've got my devono six thinking hats that's another tool that we use yeah. uh, a lot which is helping us look at the change through some different lenses. So there's the blue hat, which is the focus, the green hat, which is where are the opportunities for this change, the white hat, sorry, the red hat's there, the fear, how do people feel about it, the, the white hat, which are the facts. What are the facts about this change? What do we know and what don't we know? Black hat is caution, where are the risks, what could go wrong? And the yellow hat is positive. So often when it's your change, you've got your yellow hat on and yes. you're, you're, and maybe not clear on the others whereas others may have their black hat on this all i can see is risk and and you're going to clash you're going to have a hat clash so another thing you can do in the early stages is to use those hats and i'm happy to send some stuff to people if they want to be in touch with me about how to do that together so you all wear the same hat yeah i love that i put it big so we can see it but yeah have we all got the same hat actually i've got a bit of the red hat on today and it, well and and when you hear what the feelings are from people, as a leader, you'll go, oh, okay, there's fear in the room. I've, I've heard about the talking pillow. I've got the pillow, so I'm talking today. If you're like, now we've got another, some other yeah. wonderful props uh, that yeah. the hats. I know that we mentioned, and so I'm just going to uh, just going to take because I know that you've been sharing so many different things and insights sure. on how to help our team or how to help our family members to also get on board, wear the right hat uh, to choose change, and then to get involved to make it happen. Are there any insights that we may not have covered that you want to cover about this particular point, Tracy? No, I guess one of the things that I hear often, probably a summary point for me, is that people don't like change. Mm. I actually don't agree with that. I actually, I think there are people around who, and me, me included, who were passionate about change because to me change is 
we're moving ahead, we're progressing, it's continuous improvement. Uh, I think from my experience in 22 years of watching it and working in it, it's how the change is done. That is yes. that's what people don't like. It's been done to me or yes. I have, you know, some of the latest research from Gartner, they're talking about a worldwide consulting firm that 74% of the senior leaders said, yes, we involved everybody in this change. And I asked the rest of the employees and they said only 42% of them felt that they were included. And, and, you know, so I think it's really important that we remember that, that it's not always, you know, it's not that they don't, people don't like it. They have to see the benefit. They have to see the value. And sometimes that's really hard. You know, it's hard to point the value out or the benefit, particularly for an individual. Um, because there may not be one. Yeah. But we also, you know, the with who, what's in it for, for me, with them, sorry, what's in it for me, but we also talk about the with who, what's in it for us, which is the organisation. So sometimes there's a benefit for the organisation may not be so much a benefit for the individual. So I just encourage leaders to think about maybe to, to, to pause on the, oh, everyone's going to hate this change, is it's it's more about they may actually come on board quicker if we slow down, but it's how you do it, how you actually make this change happen. And the co-creation and the way forward is utilising people's ideas and the trust level will go up. Yeah. And I would imagine when they do that and they do that consistently, uh, yeah. that is also going to impact in the reduction of stress and overwhelm as change continues to roll out and evolve to within the organisation. Yeah, that was the other point I was going to add, um, Anne-Marie, is that change is hard and as a leader it's a lonely place at times when you are trying to lead this change and you have to look like that you've got it together and you have to look like that I know what we're doing here. And, and mm. you know, we all hear now about being vulnerable and hearing uh, leaders share how they're feeling. Be careful what you share, how much you share, but I really encourage leaders to to talk to their teams about, you know, I'm not really sure here which way to go or I'm just, I've drawn a blank or I don't know. But it's it's a lonely place being a leader uh, in change. And and I think that's the, the thing. If you can involve your team more and don't think that you have to have all the answers and engage your foot soldiers, as I call them, to help make it happen, it'll happen because you don't have to do it all because you can't. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as a leader, having someone, an organisation such as yourself, Tracy, and in a moment I'd love to to find out more about how people can connect with you, of course, you know, through Business Women Australia, uh, one of the networks, and you're up in, in Brisbane. Um, but having someone who is such as yourself, a, a change management expert, having that person and, and your team alongside is certainly going to uh, enable a leader to, to have a sounding board, I'd imagine, and expert support. And advice along along the way yes yes Amory. yeah it's for me it's about as i said earlier it's not there's not a cookie cutter approach you mentioned it to to change what we do is we we listen to our potential clients and tell us what your challenges are tell us what you're facing tell us what what what's in it you know for you and your teams and tell us about this and and then we can decide how we might be able to help you i think the leaders that we enjoy working with are the ones who put their hand up and say the other challenge they have is I don't know where to start mm. where do I start and I've touched on it earlier about getting a change strategy how do we engage um, our senior group to make sure we're all on aligned and then the next level down so they're parts of it you get a change management strategy so that's what we do but before we do anything we have to hear what their challenges are because 
you know, we've got to fix the right challenge <laughs> if we can. So <laughs> we that could also help in happen too, isn't it? You fix the yeah. wrong problem. <laughs> you fix the wrong problem. Yeah. So and every, uh, but I do hear quite often, um, where do we start? This is a major project. I can't do this all myself. Some of the organisations we work in do have some change managers already within there, but they'll say they've got other things going on and we need your help. Some of them don't have any change management attached to their HR department, so we play that role. So we go in and, and but our philosophy is all about empowering the people within. We're not the type of consultants who come in and, you know, write a big thick report like this. And so this is where, you know, it's, it's good luck. About, good luck. <laughs> yeah. See you later. This is what I suggest you do. We, we work with more, okay, help you get the strategy, a senior group, but then we empower by doing development days. So we do some workshop style with your middle leaders to give them some of those change skills, but to talk about the change. One of the best things to do early on, Anne-Marie, is to scope this change. That's what I was talking about before. And we, let's discover what it's all about. And that's the early part of what we do. We can then get into strategy and so forth, but we it's getting everyone on that same page. So Maria and I have obviously change management background, we have a leadership skills background, but we're also facilitators, uh, probably even first through both of our careers. So we have that combination of being able to draw things out and play that role. I only had someone the other day say, I, I could try and do it as a leader, but your fresh eyes and your facilitation skills will yeah. help me. I can participate. That's right, and, I was just going to say, yeah, the different hat yeah. that they can wear if someone else is facilitating that. Yeah, that? it's a partnership. You know, we work, very work, much work hand in hand with, with the CEO or the senior executive to do that. And it's it's about the role that we can play so they can join in. But then we'll, we might, we'll take off our facilitator hat and we'll put on our change management hat and say, okay, what you need here now is a strategy and we've got the tools and the recipe of what you put in one. And then we can also work on how do we build the capacity of our, or the capability, sorry, of our of our seniors or middle leaders to help make it happen because we don't make it happen, they do. So it's like how do we empower them to do that yeah, and we think we've got all the tools to put in their toolkit. So Yeah, fantastic. So, of course, people can find out more details by going uh, to connect with you by going to the membership directory at Business Women Australia. Yes, they can, yeah. But how can they reach out to you directly, Tracy? Well, on LinkedIn, um, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn and I'm sharing uh, content probably two or three times a week there. So I'm Tracy without an E. A lot of people put an E in my name, but it's Tracy, T-R-A-C-Y Cooper on LinkedIn and I'm in Brisbane. So um, I'd love people to reach out and 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 send me a message, send a connection request, but even just ask me some questions. I, I love talking to people. I'm happy to just share information. You can also email me at Tracy, T-R-A-C-Y at C change. And the other thing is our C change is not S-E, it's S-E-E with your eyes, C change consulting.com.au. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We have just scratched the surface. However, have, in have. the short amount of time, you've given yeah. such great insights uh, and some fantastic questions and great tools that we can consider to at least get the conversation started. Um, and uh, I value that, value your time on uh, today's show. Thanks, Tracy. Oh, I've, I've really enjoyed it. And thank you, Anne-Marie, for asking such good questions to have a really good conversation about change. As you can see, I'm a little bit passionate about it and uh, I've loved the opportunity to talk to you. So thank you. Fantastic. All right. Enjoy the rest of the day. You too. You've been listening to Business Women Australia podcast. Want to become part of a dynamic collective of women 
who are passionate about business success and personal growth? Go to businesswomenaustralia.com.au forward slash membership to apply. That's businesswomenaustralia.com.au forward slash membership.